Hi, I'm your host Alexandra Petros and this is the Applied AI Pod. Hope confinement is treating you well and you get time to go off the grid and are mindful with your own and your family's well-being. Today we're joined by two AI mentors from the CodeVid Hackathon organized by the Informal School of IT in Romania, Eastern Europe. Mosgan, machine learning and deep learning research scientist and Kirill, machine learning Google developer expert. They mentor from Berlin, Germany. Let's check out what the hackathon was about. Uh, great to have you with us. So we have uh, Mosgan and Kirill. Mosgan is a PhD student and research scientist focused on machine learning and deep learning. And Kirill is team lead scientist specializing in intelligence systems and machine learning. Also a GDE Google developer expert for machine learning. Uh, great to have you guys with us. How, uh, how are you finding the COVID hackathon challenges and uh, what, what are the teams you mentor doing? Uh, what's their solutions? Um, hi, uh, it was very nice experience to be part of this hackathon. So there was in, um, a lot of great ideas. Um, so we find some of the teams are interesting and we felt we can be helpful there. For example, the um, uh, team now we are mentoring, it's uh, triage for um, uh, for uh, for in the hospital so this uh, project is uh, they first um, monitor the people who are entering the in hospital for the case of corona uh, they uh, evaluate them through a lot of steps uh, for example for symptoms like coughing temperature or they give um, a score according to your weight or your age. So they decide, for example, you are in a more risk uh, uh, groups or not. Then they do some, uh, after this, in the last part, they do um, lung uh, x-ray and they do very great machine learning uh, uh, and deep learning stuff there to uh, detect a uh, person got affected by, uh, infected by corona or not. So this one in the beginning, we uh, when they present the work, we find very interesting and it was um, very related to uh, stuff we like to do. So we uh, went with this group. Wow, such a complex solution. Uh, yeah, you have uh, image recognition, natural voice processing, uh, location dimension, they're using Google AI. Yeah, it's a very complex solution. How do you see, how do you see this solution, Kirill? Is it difficult to, to deploy it in production? Um, it's got a lot of hardware components and that's something that needs to be said about the team. Like um, the way that the hackathon team actually manage the team, you have a very diverse set of people. Um, and actually, like we were working pretty closely with Florian Petko, who actually pitched the idea initially. Like basically, he had a very, very clear vision for the way it should be. Like uh, he's a medical professional, and basically, he um, had a very, very um, the idea wasn't vague. And since the team was very multifaceted, you had people that could do front end, back end, um, people that actually managed to do develop lung segmentation models within hours. Wow. Which I found very impressive. Also, as a note to our listeners, uh, Florin, when he pitched the idea, he actually pitched it, pitched it from, from a hospital. He was at work, right? 
Uh, yes, and he was at his uh, wearing that costume. Yeah. Yeah, so fantastic. That was a nice uh, touch uh, indeed. Yeah. Uh, great seeing doctors actually being here and embracing technology. And I also saw you also requested a legal advice from one of the legal mentors. Um, what so, were, uh, was the aspect? Yeah. Um, so basically, when they were this, since this data is required to be put into a database so that it communicates between the front end and back end, actually, this uh, has GDPR implications. So like the way that the team solved this one was basically they'd have a tab tablet in front and then basically you just confirm, I agree like with my data being taken or not. Like So if you don't agree, like then you just go through the regular process. Whereas if you agree, basically you actually go through the entire, pro uh, basically you can go through the accelerated digitalized process. Fantastic seeing you, you looked at all the perspectives in under 48 hours. I, I can't wait for the pitching of the final solutions. I think the team I was uh, working with, they were doing facial uh, mass detection on crowds. So that was interesting because they were training uh, multiple models at the same time. They were having results in a few hours. Uh, they released it in production on CCTV streams and also they built an iOS app. So again, this was like in 24 hours. And yeah, the, the, the collaboration was fantastic. The knowledge uh, team up was uh, especially good. Uh, and I think, yeah, they, they looked at all the aspects. They looked at the even adversarial attacks perspective. So they protect themselves from the start. They built um, picture collection in, from the stream so that they have that uh, feedback loop for training, continuous training of the machine learning models so they can improve their accuracy and precision. So I think, at least from the things we've been exposed to, it looks like they had fairly decent AI understanding and usage of the machine learning models and libraries, and also uh, very eager to do something fast for in-production uh, deployment. Um, but I'm thinking at this, you know, is our adversarial attacks following the, all the pandemic, uh, pandemics work a threat uh, due to the need to build solutions fast and deploy them in production fast. Is this leaving aside the um, protection, the security side? You know, because adversarial attacks can happen. And because we build solutions that fast and using the latest technologies, uh, that may be a danger. What do you feel about that? Um, actually, secure, um, secure machine learning is actually a very, very important aspect. and. To be honest, I don't think it's possible to take that into consideration completely in a hackathon. But um, actually, like there's this professor from Sardinia, um, like Batista, like the, the name escapes me right now at the moment, but actually he built a very good library for actually um, testing against adversarial attacks and so, uh, so forth. So, like, um, so actually, I think that this was an underrepresented field. Like for some reason, people were saying, you know, like we shouldn't worry about this one. Uh, but actually, I think it's very good that uh, your team actually did this one from the beginning. Like, as somebody who's also like working um, in the security sector, like I think that very minimal though. They didn't. They 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 do consider it, but very minimal because yeah, you only have forty eight hours max. So yeah. Like, but the the fact that it's that it pops up like that it's on your checklist like um, speaks enough. Like I think that there, a lot of good work has been done in this field. Yeah, indeed. Um, what do you feel about the machine learning and deep learning role in the current pandemics, Mosgan? It's like uh, 
Do you have any favorite libraries uh, for the scope of pandemics and use cases attached to, to the pandemics or favorite use cases? So the most impressive project I, uh, I really liked it and I saw a lot of people are doing is uh, use this X-ray uh, and detect with machine learning without uh, any knowledge of, for example, without putting a doctor or professional there to examine this X-ray. I think that one is a great idea and it saves a lot of time and is uh, completely doable and you can trust over it and there is no uh, ambiguity there. I think that one was really great idea have been done so far in um, COVID uh, machine learning, deep learning. Uh, but for example, the other things I liked, um, for example, in the shop or everywhere, they trying to detect people who are wearing masks or for example, who is coughing or who has temperature automated. So you don't need a person like, for example, now in Germany, you have a guard in every shop. So they should wait there. They say you, okay, uh, take a basket because we want to keep distance or wear a mask. But if it's this one automated, it saves a lot of time and you can do it much better. So Indeed. And see technology time. taking this uh, role, uh, main role of actually augmenting specialists. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, do you think human exactly. technology is, is the reason, is the, is the answer here? Uh, like every uh, medical specialist should um, try to use technology as a human in the loop uh, to augment uh, their solutions and their job? I think uh, anywhere you could use the technology to accelerate your process, it's a great idea to use it. In medical, uh, I would say uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of disease who you can detect through a scan, especially uh, you can monitor your patient much better than I mean you use your own uh, power and capacity if you bring computer there to help you uh, it's really good and you can bring, bring gather a lot of data and from this data learn so uh, what was good for which kind of disease so if you are doing as an individual medicine people all around the world, this is not possible to gather information together and um, make progress, I would say. For example, for heart disease like cancer or uh, now like uh, pandemic like Corona. How could we team with doctors faster? How could we help them faster? Like, uh, could we find a process, a framework so we can team up with doctors faster and help them faster? Um, yeah, I think, or, or should I? So I give this part to Krill. He, ha I think he has better idea here. Uh, no, no, like, no, no, like, uh, I know that I have a better idea, but um, I would say that actually a lot of work has been done to collaborate um, with doctors. Um, you actually see a lot of startups that are being started, like that are actually specializing in Im image segmentation for um, medical images. Like, and actually, like you can also see, like there's a lot of people, like um, also 
talking about the importance of um, aiding doctors. For example, Terry Singh from Deep Kapha, uh, he actually has um, a lot of uh, like uh, presentations on how to, like uh, how actually AI can aid um, medical doctors. Um, how do you evaluate the robustness of a model? Um, because how a model is measured and how to choose the right performance uh, to measure uh, for the right situation matters. Uh, based on use case and so on and so forth. So how do you best choose to evaluate the robustness of model? What's the approach you, you choose? Or depending, of course, the task you are doing, image recognition, natural language processing, and so on and so forth. So um, I would say, like, um, you actually really said, like, it really depends on the model. Like, and I would also say, uh, like, not on, like, basically on the task, first of all, but it also really depends on the field. Like, like um, you know, um, in certain cases, you know, specificity is, has a higher um, relevance. So I don't think that there's a rule of thumb that you can use. But you know, I think it really matters to talk to the domain uh, to the domain experts in that field, and just like clarify what the required outcome is. I love it. I love it. It's like I always promote uh, cross-functional teams, domain experts, industry experts. You know, everyone to work together. This is why I love this hackathon because you have people from all across the industries, all kinds of, of domains, working together for a solution. So while we look at the solutions from the technology side and AI side, they are looking at the solution. Okay, from the legal side, from the marketing side, from the implementation side, from the hardware side, because the hardware you mentioned the hardware being a big component. Um, right. Where do you source your data sets for training usually? Because that's an important aspect, especially for startups, because they don't have data. Um, actually, that's one of the things that um, was like, um, actually, how do I say it properly? In the pandemic, actually, I think that people were really open with their data sources regarding the medical images and the data, like basically, like you could you basically when you go to the COVID net article, like they have a direct link to the GitHub repository where um, and there they say, this is the data source, like we can't obviously put it here, but this is how you obtain it. This is the number of samples. Actually, I think that the pandemic has brought, in, in certain senses, the best out of people. It's always great to hear that. Muskan, Kirill, thank you so much for your input. What's your final advice for people wanting to contribute to COVID hackathons? Should they do it? Should they not? Should they, what should they look for? I think it's great experience uh, to bring the knowledge you know into practice and and the help people who need really this technology to improve their services. I think that's a great experience. People, one hundred percent should try it. It's give you more uh, insight. Uh, how you should pass. How should you choose the pass you want to choose in future? How to proceed? I think it's give give provides a good insight. What I do you say, Kirill? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, like I just want to also say thanks a lot for everyone involved in organizing this hackathon. Um, it's really clear that a lot of effort went into this, and it's very well organized. And um, regarding the future outset, um, I don't think I could put it better than Mushkan. 
Yeah, thank you so much, guys. It's been fantastic talking to you. Exciting. Let's wait the pitches and let's hear the presentations. I can't wait to hear your team because it seems like a very complex solution. And uh, just to note to our listeners, there are around 20-something solutions to be presented. So that's a lot of use cases for the pandemics. Can't wait for them. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the day. Thank you for listening to the Applied AI pod. Subscribe for fresh episodes of Real AI Talks from AI practitioners. And until the next time, stay healthy.